Shock diffuses my anger, sends it flowing in hot electric waves through my chest and arms, as if the phone itself lashed out. My husband had help, help manipulating us, help abducting my children. And Absalom was that help, a master hacker who manipulated me into the trap Melvin had planned for him. I dared hope that maybe with the end of that plot, Absalom wouldn't have more to threaten us with. I should have known better. For a moment I feel a wave of sheer, visceral terror, like all the childhood fears of ghosts have been proven real. And then I take in a deep, slow breath, and try to think through the impossibility of dealing with this. Again. I am guilty of nothing more than defending myself from a man who wanted to kill me, who gained my trust over the course of years, and gradually led me to the place meant for my execution. But that doesn't make the message on the screen go away. Absalom has someone else coming for us. The thought runs through me like a lightning bolt, dries my mouth, makes all my nerves fire at once, because it feels right. Something has been bothering me all these long days while we've been in hiding and moving for our safety, the feeling that we're being watched, still. I'd put it down to paranoia. What if it isn't? I try to get up quietly, but the cot screaks, and I hear Lanny, my daughter, whisper, Mom? It's okay, I whisper back. I stand and slip my feet into shoes. I'm fully dressed in comfortable pants and a loose sweater and heavy socks, and I put on my shoulder holster and parka before I unlock all the security measures and step out into the chill. It's overcast and cold here in Knoxville. I'm not used to the city lights, but just now they comfort me a little. I don't feel quite as isolated. There are people here. Screams will be heard. I call one of the few numbers in my phone. It rings just once before it's picked up, and I hear the ever-tired voice of Detective Prester of the Norton Police Department, the town nearest where we lived. No, live, because we will go back to Stillhouse Lake. I swear we will. Say, Miss Proctor, it's late. He doesn't sound happy to hear from me. Are you 100% sure that Lancel Graham is dead? It's an odd question, and I hear the creak of what is probably an office chair as Prester sits back. I check my watch. It's after one in the morning. I wonder why he's still at work. Norton is a sleepy little town, though it's got its fair share of crime to deal with. He's one of two detectives on staff. And Lancel Graham used to wear a Norton PD uniform. Prester's reply is slow and cautious. You got some pressing reason why you think he isn't? Is he dead? Dead as they come. I watched them pull organs out of his corpse on an autopsy table. Why are you asking at... He hesitates, then groans, as if he's just checked the time, too. No fit time in the morning. Because it kind of freaks me out to get yet another threatening text. From Lancel Graham. From Absalom. Ah. He draws that out, and he does it in such a way that I am immediately put on my guard. Detective Prester and I are not friends. We are, to some extent, allies but he doesn't fully trust me, and I can't really blame him. 
about that. Kezia Claremont's been doing some digging. She says it's possible Absalom's not a he, more of a them, maybe. I respect Kezia. She'd been Officer Graham's patrol partner at least some of the time, but unlike Lancel Graham, she's fiercely honest. It had been a pretty devastating shock to her, finding out her partner was a killer. Not as much as it had been for me. My voice is tight and angry for all that. Why the hell didn't you warn me? You know I'm out here with my kids. Didn't want to panic you, he says. No proof yet, just suspicion. In the time you've known me, detective, do you find I am prone to blind panic? He lets that go without a comment because he knows I'm right. I still say it'd be better for you to come.